drive energy in the house we are here in i'm here in denver colorado studio b because some guy named joe sackick and peter forsberg took the other studio i can't believe they fucking kicked us out of a studio but we're out here big drive energy this week we are going to talk about eric van ruyen's ruyen is that right did i, did I butcher that yeah, no, I, I think if you throw a like accent on there, I think he's Swedish or no, he's South or, African, bro. Oh shit. Are you sure? I'm positive. Oh wow, okay. Positive. But we're gonna talk about Aaron Van Eric Van Ruyens. Pretty impressive dub uh down in Cabo. What a great spot to have a golf tournament. Like if you're one of those mid level tour guys and you just get to go play in Cabo. Um we're gonna talk about there was some more announcement of the TGL teams. Uh, the six teams have been formed, and we kind of have an idea of who's going to be on each team with John Rom pulling out. Always a good idea to pull out. Um, we're also going he to... He is a dad, team. though. What's that? He is a dad, so he, I, I wouldn't say he's great at that, pulling out, but... <laughs> we're also going to talk about Kirkland Signature Golf Clubs, uh, maybe hitting the stores... Uh, we're going to talk not only about Eric Van Ruyen's win, but mustaches in general. Mitchell really got into character for this one. Make sure you're checking us out on the YouTube. Big drive energy. Uh, we're also going to talk about Stadium Links. Mitchell went and hit some golf balls at City Field in Flushing, New York, where the Mets try to play baseball. And then a 31-year-old tour record was broken this weekend, so something we've never seen in either of our lifetimes. And, of course, this is all brought to you guys by our great friends over at Pins and Aces. They are doing a crazy Black Friday sale right now. I just got myself some new pullovers. I'm rocking the sweater right now. It's just a super comfortable sweater. It's not like in your face. Like you would never really know it's Pins and Aces. They've got the embossed logo on the front. Um, but super nice to put over a golf shirt. They've got a whole new release of hats, the fall collection, uh, and they're constantly doing stuff on their new app. So make sure to check out their app, download that in the app store, but you can use our code all the time for 15% off. And that's promo code BDE. Um, but right now I believe they're doing like 20% off everything or they're having sales. Make sure you follow them on Instagram too, at pins and aces. They're constantly going live, throwing a bunch of stuff in. Nick stole our Zen idea. Um, he always puts Zen in before every, uh, every live video that he does and as kind of our thing, but you know, it's fine. We'll let Nick, we'll let Nick own that, but check out pinsandaces.com. All the new stuff, get yourself some stuff for Christmas or get your family some pins and aces for Christmas. New golf bags are absolute gas. Mitchell has one. I do not yet, um, but I'm looking to get myself a new golf bag for Christmas. So I might be heading over to pins and aces and snagging one of their new, what is it? What is the official term of it? It's, like a, it's called the player preferred golf bag. Yeah, it's like a legit golf bag. It's not like a, hey, Pins and Aces decided to make a golf bag with their branding on it. It's like, this is a really good golf bag that just happens to be Pins and Aces. Yeah, it's got like that kind of almost suede leather material. Um, super nice. It's got the furry, uh, like the fur on the inside of this arm 
or the the shoulder straps so it's super comfortable it's got a huge water pouch which is awesome like you can fit like a 30 ounce bottle of water in there so you can take your cute little starbucks cup and slide it in your golf bag um or your uh your your stanley cup i know you're into those too so whatever you want to fit in there you can and then it also very cool uh little deal is it has you know the handle on the back of the bag obviously where you pick it up there's a magnet in there um that you can stick like one of our little pins and aces speakers to so there's a magnet in the back of the speaker there's a magnet in the handle so you can just stick the speaker right to the handle um pretty cool shit damn just all sorts of innovation check out pinsandaces.com use our promo code bde it'll save you 15 percent off any order all right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> so, you went to Stadium Links, played some golf. How's your How's your week been? You're actually coming out to hang out. We're going to be friends again after tomorrow. I have to pick mm-hmm. you up from the airport, which I hate doing, but we'll do it. We'll do her. <laughs> um, but how's your week been? How's how's the the gig going? You know, are you you're you're kind of getting into some places? It sounds like doing having some meetings, playing a little golf. What's the weather like there? Give me give me the scoop, bro. Yeah, so I mean, life out here is pretty darn good. I can't complain. The weather is just starting to cool off. It was like sixty five degrees yesterday. Um, so I went and hit some golf balls. There's a a local spot. They actually have top tracer on all the driving range spots. So it's like, um, similar to like, uh, family sports back in Denver, except for it's got the top tracer at every bay, which is pretty awesome. So you can kind of practice, um, you pick a target, you pick a club and then you just go, it's borderline, like a little like top golf. So, but the one thing I will say that threw me for a loop the first time I went there. Uh, a f- bucket of 40 balls is $10. And t- taking away the top tracer, I'm like, that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Like paying $10 for a small bucket of balls. And it's just a principal thing. Obviously, it's not about the money. It's just like f- that's literally a quarter per range ball. I'm good at mental math here. So that's a quarter range ball. I just don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth when I hit 15 balls and I already want to quit. Like I'm already like how I, I just kind of get rid of the last ones, like hit, hit some little wedge shots. I'm not really like grinding on it. I actually am working on my swing a little bit, but that's kind of pointless because it's uh end of the season. So it really doesn't matter, but I would say weather here has been pretty nice. I've been actually, uh, going to the gym, which has been awesome. 
Um, I'll bring that up in my fairway or four because I, I have a theory about the gym. Um, but for any of you that have gone to Lifetime Fitness, uh, the Mocha Madness that they have there is like the most fucking gas thing. Oh, God, I got to sneeze. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, the Mocha Madness is like the best thing that's ever graced my my lips, or at least top three. Uh, so every time I go in there, I have to get a Mocha Madness when I leave. It's like my little reward for fucking working out. It's and like it pretty much reward. Yeah, and it just takes away all the calories that I burn. But you know, it's got protein in it and shit. So you know how your mind justifies shit. I buy an eleven dollar smoothie after every workout. Um, and oh, so you're fucking complaining about how much it costs per month, and now you're adding to. You're like, now you're going to talk yourself into. I probably shouldn't go because I don't want to spend another eleven dollars this fucking day on the this fucking mocha madness. Do you get it with no I, at least? No, I don't. I should add peanut butter, uh, but probably like hey, an extra five dollars. Yeah, it's a seventeen dollar smoothie at this point, which is just like. But that's the thing is, I I'm not good at just like having a lifetime membership and paying $230 a month, I got to spend another $250 a month on fucking smoothies. Luckily, I will say I, I respect lifetime. They don't have the little like flip around like tablets where they ask you to tip them, which I would actually tip them. I do tip normally on those things. I'm not, I'm not against tipping, but I think we can all agree that, you know, the, the tipping culture has gotten a little out of hand. Um, so they just make your fucking $11 smoothie. They don't ask you for a tip. They're super nice. Uh, just the customer service. I, I really respect. So, um, I've been enjoying that. I've been hitting the, the sauna, the, uh, hitting the hot tub. And I swear to God, whatever time I go to the gym, it's like the most geriatric. I try to go in the middle of the day when it's slower. So there's not a bunch of people. Um, but it is just all old dudes. Like it is, and old dudes in the locker room, you know how weird that shit gets. Like they just not a not a care in the world. Um, <laughs> they have just, whole, so just for you guys that the ladies out there listening or dudes that have never been in a in a locker room in a gym, uh, these guys like if you get to a certain age where you just don't give a fuck. And one time I watched two guys completely naked, like having a full on conversation and shaking hands like they were they shook hands when they left and i was like dude I, like they're I making know. a business deal with their dicks out yeah like i'm pretty comfortable with myself but like i still kind of like shade my shit to the like corner when i'm like <laughs> dropping my pants you know like i'm not just gonna fucking have my thing flanging around the whole locker room like it's not it's obviously not impressive but it's also just a thing like they just don't care and and one time I was on the lower level, you know, I don't know if the same lifetime, but they have the lower level lockers, like the higher level and the lower level. And bro, I was down tying my shoe and I felt this fucking thing right next to my head. And, and you're the just guys, face to face with somebody's horn. Dude, the guy's fucking up in his locker, fucking jo jostling it around and trying to open it. And I like my peripherals are trying. I'm like, I know this thing is like touching my it's like my yeah. ear. Like oh. my, my ear hair is long enough. It would have fucking hit it. And I was like, dude, oh is this God. guy fucking for real? I was like, couldn't you wait 10 seconds till I was done tying my shoe? So from now on, I do not choose a lower level locker in any gym. And I do not bend over in any gym, no matter what. I, yeah. I'm out. I'll tie my shoes on the fucking stair stepper 
before I tie my shoes in the locker room again. Absolutely not. Yeah, there's definitely some questionable things that go go on in a, a men's locker room, especially with older dudes involved because they, like you said, they just don't give a fuck. And I'm honestly jealous. Like, I can't wait till I get to that point where I just don't care and walk around without a fucking care in the world. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, I, I haven't played much golf. I've... I've got another few meetings set up in the next few weeks when I get back here from Colorado. Um, just grinding away, getting pins and aces out to the uh, out to the northeast here. So, you know, it's it's been a it's been a bit of a challenge, obviously, not knowing very many people here, and also being a new product. So, just reaching out to as many people as I can in the golf industry, trying to get our name out there and and get some pins and aces gear on the shelves. So I would say I'm doing pretty well, honestly, you know, it's, it's one of those things and I I've never been quote unquote in sales before. So it's still relatively new, but if you listen to this podcast, you know, I could fucking talk to a, a, a brick wall. So, um, I can talk to anybody. I just need to kind of get my foot in the door, get an email back and, uh, or get a phone call. And I, I can just talk as, you know, as long as the day is. So, I don't necessarily have a problem there, but it's uh, it's been a fun experience. I really do enjoy it, and um, it gives me kind of that freedom and that you know, I've being a golf pro, it's so much different, and that's where I think all golf pros are like low key jealous of like dudes in the sales game because there's obviously pros and cons, but at the end of the day, I don't have to be in a pro shop forty plus hours a week which is, you know, just a huge relief. I can come and go as I please, relatively speaking, you know, I get my work done and, uh, but I can do it from anywhere, which is huge. So, uh, it's been an awesome gig. I'm, I'm just looking forward to, you know, keeping the wheels moving. And I think in the, the sales realm, it's kind of like the snowball effect of gaining those, the first few customers are the hardest, and then it kind of gets easier as you keep going. So uh, I'm just keeping my head down and grinding away. And uh, I'm looking forward to going to the Avs game with you on Saturday. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, I uh, haven't been in person to an Avs game this year. So I think we're going to get a little tuned up, I would imagine. As long as you don't puke in my my fucking car door again, my God. <laughs> I will attempt to not puke in your car door or anyone's car door because we're probably going to be taking an Uber or Lyft to that game for sure. Um, yeah. So maybe not puking in the Lyft's door it would be ideal. But, dude, I'm old now. Like I, I kind of like taper off. After you're three or you're four 29 years. years old, bro. Grow up. Uh, dude, in the last week, I've... I sold my Nuggets tickets tonight because I just like didn't want to go at eight o'clock. And to the Warriors? the Warriors, yeah. Well, you know, dealing with a child at every game is just not it. It's just not as fun. Um, it's it, it's cool to like experience that, but like every you know, f- you're on pins and needles the entire game. You know, like last game, last Nuggets game, I looked up and they were down fifteen. I was like, well, shit, I've been fucking wiping shit for the last 10 minutes and so are the nuggets apparently and then you know they we left at the end like middle of the fourth quarter when they kind of got a lead and whatnot but it's just not it's not as relaxing and fun as you would anticipate it being not bringing a kid so like tonight sold my tickets um but i also like leaf blowed leaf blue 
my blue, entire lawn. Blue the leaves, I think, I, is the, the proper term. Is there a past tense of, uh, I guess that's, yeah, blue. I was blowing some leaves at my house, and that's how I knew. I was like, dude, I was like 8.30 in the morning, and I'm out there with a fucking leaf blower. Just, it was pretty lit, though. I actually, like, really enjoyed it. Um, but the frustrating thing is, is that we're not, we're still in kind of leaf season a little bit. So I got home from work and all, most of my work, my perfectionist work was fucking ruined. I was yeah. annoyed. Like the street already had leaves on it again. And I still have some piles in my yard because I, our fucking trash is like, you know, they have these, what they call big trash days and big trash days. They'll take anything basically. And, but they only take like six bags of, uh, in addition to your, you know, trash cans. And so I only filled up six bags full of leaves. Well, considering the two massive trees in my front yard, I had fucking, I have probably another six to 10 to go at least. Um, so I only got like the driveway and like one corner of my yard is like really clean. And then the rest well, of it's kind of just piling up. Why, why don't you burn some of them in your, your fireplace out back? I, I probably should do that, but... Dude, take, you just take like a Saturday afternoon or a, you know, and it's it's an excuse to just go out and burn leaves like and sit out by the fire. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just haven't been in the fire game lately. I brought my fire pit to our tailgate, our Broncos tailgate, which was pretty fucking awesome because um, it was colder than shit for that Packers pretty game. Is, is that like legal? Do they allow fires at tailgates? Uh, yeah, we had multiple fires going actually. We're, that we is pretty gas then to have like a, a mobile fire pit that you can yeah, just my, I love, you know, solo stove. When I first bought it, I was like, fuck, that's expensive. But now I'm worth every penny for sure. Um, but yeah, we had multiple fires going. I'm a big, big fire guy normally. Just haven't been as into it as of late. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. It's dark okay. at 5 p.m. now. So I maybe should fucking get back into the fire game. But it's just sometimes it's just more work than it seems, you know? Yeah, I've I've found out that you're generally when it comes to like shit around the house, you don't like enjoy putting in the effort. No. You'd rather I have to have like free free time in order to do that. But My, you never allow yourself to have free free time. You're always fucking occupying your time with something. So well, yeah. I mean, like, I get it. You're busier now. You got a kid and shit, but you you could make more time. And you just don't. So well, I don't want to well, hear it. While we're talking about fucking. Well, wait, I was, can I tell my stadium links? Well, that's what I was just going to get to. I was gonna oh, say, okay. Let's, let's hear about the stadium links. Let's hear about the drive from, how far is the drive from where you are to City Field? And like what City Field is like? Um, So the drive the is about. around it, I should say. Yeah. So the drive is about 35 miles. Um, Relatively not that bad. I think, you know, when I was living out in Elizabeth, the drive to Ball Arena was pretty close to that, about maybe less, you know, uh, maybe, or maybe a little bit longer. I'm sorry, maybe like 40, 40, 40 between 40 and 45, whatever. Um, but it took almost two hours to get from Morristown to city field. And it was funny because Missy, my girlfriend was like, uh, you can, you can drive there and I'll drive back, whatever. And then right when we got on the highway within like 15 minutes, she goes, I feel so bad. Like I should have drove You're you, there's so much traffic. She goes, it's such a fucking nightmare if you've never done it before. And like the road system back here is just a fucking joke. There's 
all these exits shooting all over the place. Nothing makes any sense. Um, and yeah, it took us two hours to go 35 miles. So we sat and like stop and go traffic for about over an hour Our tea time. So the way they work it, they, they make tea times until like eight or till 10 o'clock. I'm sorry. I don't know what time they close down. They make like a makeshift clubhouse. And I don't know how it was for you because you've done it at Coors field, but on the, uh, on the club level, they make like a makeshift clubhouse. So they've got a bar set up where you can get drinks. They've got like a little warm up area where you can hit into, uh, hit into some, um, fucking fences. What, uh, what do you call it? nets? Oh, they Good have Lord. like a warm up area. They had like four spots to warm up if you did want to hit a few balls beforehand. Oh, they just threw us straight out there. I just fucking had to hit wedges off the cold off the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not warm up because we left two out like two hours and fifteen minutes before, thinking it was going to take us about an hour, hour fifteen to get there. It took us two hours, so we showed up five minutes before our quote unquote tea time and kind of just ran over to the first tee. But it was very, very cool. Uh City Field itself actually kind of sits out in the middle of like a lot of parking lots. Um, there's a huge area around it. There's really not much. It's kind of in a neighborhood, quote unquote. It's out by LaGuardia Airport, so pretty uh close to that. Um but actually they just came out with news that uh who is it? Pete Cohen. Is he the one who owns the Mets? I think so. I think that sounds Steve, right. Steve Cohen. Somebody Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. He's a venture capitalist, multi-billionaire, crazy rich dude. Um, he's you know, kind of building something funny really quick. I don't know yeah, what a venture it. capitalist means. Like, what does that mean? Uh, it basically means you take, you have all this money and you invest it in, into other company you buy companies you acquire them or you invest in companies you build up the worth and then you sell them or okay. you or you hold on to them and you uh take the profit and roll that over into more investments oh fuck so just so it's basically investing in a large scale okay so i always associated it with being rich which is correct correct that's what they do it's just they're they're not like they're not like a i mean i guess uh, somebody that owned like Jeff Bezos could be a venture capitalist, but he made his money from Amazon. So he's not necessarily like buying, you know, he probably is buying other companies and doing other things like that. But these are people that just consistently buy and sell random businesses that they feel like they can make money off of. Yeah, exactly. And like venture capitalist firms, the jobs of the the people, the lower people are to go out and find companies that they think are undervalued and they think have relatively like room for growth, higher earning potential. They go in and acquire the business or, you know, buy the majority, uh, build up, build it up into a bigger business, get revenue going higher, blah, blah, blah. And then they get the evaluation they want on it or the valuation and then they sell it and make money. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically a fancy word for an investor, but I don't really know how it works, uh, like strictly because you start with a certain amount of money. Like you, you raise money, you're basically investing other people's money, and then you're taking a part of their return. So you know, some people start, and I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but this kind of shit really interests me. Some people get into like commercial real estate. Some people get into you know businesses. Some people buy hospitals. Some people buy, I mean. 
it's so crazy the amount of shit you can invest in. So, and some people just kind of play, not play the stock market, but um, they, they're investors, you know, wealth management, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, that's, he's, he's made like billions and billions of dollars. He started his own venture capitalist firm and then you raise a certain amount of money. Um, and then, you know, the idea is to two, three, four exit and then uh, take that money and then multiply it and blah, blah, blah. And then you have billions and billions. So he's one of the richest dudes, I think, in baseball ownership. Do you want to, Spencer, look up how much he's worth real quick? Because uh, I bet it's somewhere on like the 15 to $20 billion range. Like he's $19.8 billion. Okay. So yeah, he's, he's not hurting for dough by any means. Um, but he's actually building another quote unquote Jerry world style setup around city field. So he, I think he's getting the last gambling license available in New Jersey. He's building a casino, he's building hotels, he's building restaurants. Um, which I mean, if you're a business owner is a smart thing to do. Like you have a bunch of parking lots sitting here when in reality you build a bunch of buildings, you put parking garages in those buildings. So you're still getting the parking, but then you've got casinos, you've got restaurants, you've got hotels, um, you know, cause there's really like not very many places to stay right by city field and all that. So it kind of gives it that element of being somewhat of a destination, but, uh, overall the stadium was pretty darn cool. Um, we did, so it's nine holes, technically nine different tee boxes. You get two balls per tee box. Uh, so there was like three on the lower level, three on the club level and, and three on the upper deck. So you aim at different targets. They tell you, uh, what the yardage is before and after they, uh, after the slope. So they kind of give you what it's playing. I actually think I hit a few like. 50 yards too far into the bullpen on accident because I, I had the, I had the right club, but it was playing so far down that I was just fucking flying them over into the right field. Like I was hitting fucking dingers out there. So I actually striped it. I hit a, a, quite a few really good shots. Uh, but overall we spent about three hours in the car and about an hour and a half on the the golf course, quote unquote. So it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. If you get the chance, I would recommend doing it. Um, getting there is a different story, but it is a very, very fun time. And there's something about seeing a stadium because you usually go to stadiums when it's packed. Um, and then when you see a stadium like empty, it has like a different feel. It's almost a little creepy, but at the same time, it's really cool. Like you feel like you can explore more of it. You can see, you know, and there's just not you don't have that anxiety where there's you're surrounded by thousands of people. Yeah, was it not very busy? Uh, I know there's like because the one here like they it was so busy that even like ordering a drink at the club level clubhouse ish thing before was took forever. Uh, there was lines, and then when you go to each hole, there's lines, and they're like kind of fucking you know herding people to certain bays and shit like. It's kind of insane how busy it was at Coors Field. Now, that was like a, I think it was like a fundraiser or like a charity thing, the one they did at Coors Field. It wasn't called Stadium Links. It was different. Okay. Um, so, because there was, I think we had, maybe we had, you only had six holes, correct? Nine holes. I Nine. just said that. Well, I thought you were saying two, two, and two, but it's three, three, and three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and then you could buy, like, extra balls, or they're not, like, it's so, it's one of those things where going into it, you have no clue what to expect, and then afterwards, you're like, oh, okay, now I know 
um, what's going to happen essentially. But uh, City Field in general, just being what it is, like, and then building around it, like, I think that's the future of baseball stadiums and just stadiums in general. Like, we've heard that they're going to do that kind of around the Broncos Stadium and Power Field. So I think that's one of those things that they're just going to start to do. And, like, by by the time, like, my kid is old enough, like, there's just going to be a bunch of fucking random stadiums that they're all, like, their own world. Like, when we went to Jerry World, that's kind of how it was. Like, Jerry World and the Rangers Stadium were, like, in their own little apocalyptic world by itself. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even the Rockies somewhat did that with McGregor Square having a hotel and the restaurants, even though, you know, it's it's in the city surrounded by other restaurants and all that. Um, but then the Cronkies are doing that, too, with Ball Arena. They're taking all those parking lots. They're building them up into condos. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of cool restaurants and all this. And we can be like those old fuddy-duddies that will be like, I remember when there was only Brooklyn's right there and you had to... uh you know, that was your only bar you could go to before the game unless you want to walk all the way into the city because uh, there's going to be so many fucking restaurants and bars over there by the time we're like 50 years old, which will be fire. I'm I'm all for it. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the stadium itself was pretty cool. Like you said, there was a few lines, um, especially on the hole where you got on the Jumbotron because the, that's the tough thing is, and it's kind of like running a, a tea time. Um running a tea time, running a tea sheet a little bit like, and I thought to myself that old quote from when we ran a golf course, like tea sheet runs itself. You just fucking, you just send people off and they kind of just figure it out and do their thing because they didn't have a strict, like two shots per hole. Like technically you had 18 balls. You could hit them all on the first hole and nobody did that, but you could, you could hit any amount of balls per hole that you wanted basically, or you could go all the way to the ninth hole and hit every single ball. So you know, you could hit as many balls as you wanted. And on like the seventh, sixth or seventh hole, uh, they had cameras on you. So you were up on the Jumbotron like that. Tee boxes on the Jumbotron. So a lot of people were just like enamored with looking at themselves in the Jumbotron and hitting shots. And that would have been me uh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude. And I got to tell you, so uh, this one dude, and you can just tell like, there is no bounds on the golf hardo, like the the dude that's like our age that's in like finance or whatever and just got into golf like two years ago and he's got like the half calves and like the golf shoes and the um the quarter zip on and like i'm like dude this is fucking stadium links like what do we? and he's like carrying around his own sticks he's just taking it way too serious like and i'm not one to judge but maybe a little bit so this dude oh fucking bullshit we're both ones to judge especially especially in this world in the golf world like i you can we can judge someone within fucking 10 seconds of you know what they're gonna say when they hit a bad shot what they're gonna you know how what they're gonna shoot it's like it's pretty pretty straightforward in this world yeah yeah, uh, so I would agree with you. I can pretty much read any golfer like a book within like 10 seconds of seeing him. Um, but this dude, he gets up to like one of the, the tee boxes on the upper deck and his buddy's like videoing him and shit. And he just fucking hosel rockets one. The ball goes like shooting back. Everybody's like hitting the deck. It was so fucking funny. And he's just so embarrassed. I was dying. Like in my head, I didn't want to laugh out loud. I didn't want to be a total asshole, but 
but I just like looked over. I was like, Jesus, dude, fucking take it a little less serious, please. Don't, don't, don't ruin this shit for yourself. Like it was, and then actually Missy shanked one too, which was awesome. It almost hit me. Uh, cause I was standing almost directly behind her. So I, uh, I was cracking up. I posted that video on Twitter. Um, but yeah, she was thoroughly embarrassed about that. So I didn't shank any, um, I, you know, you can kind of clip the side, uh, and it is a little nerve wracking, um, when you're on the upper deck, there is seats like below you, but Missy is so, so paranoid about that shit. She like could not, she already has a tough time, like getting onto her lead foot, like under her left foot to swing through the shot. She was just hanging back so far on her right foot, like just arm swinging that shit the whole time. Like she was, she's like, well, you want to see me fall off and die? I'm like, you're going to fall five feet in front of you to like into a row of seats. Like you're not, and no, you're not going to fall anyway. Like it's, it's just an irrational thought. So, but yeah, other than that, I, I thought it was a really good time. Um, I only got one drink and the bartender was just like not paying attention at all that they, they do staff the whole place, which is kind of shocking. Like they have people making sure you're, you know, you're not running off and, doing shit that you shouldn't be doing in the stadium. Um, but it was, it was just a very cool event. Like I, uh, get, getting the chance to hit different shots in a, in a baseball stadium. And the other crazy thing too, is, is like, I'm sure you went through the same thing, but when you see a dude hit a home run, you're like, Holy shit, they hit that so far. And then you work it back to like yards and you're like, I hit a pitching wedge that far. I had a gap wedge that far. Like it just doesn't, equate in your brain there's some disconnect there where it seems like the baseball goes so much further than a hundred and you know in 130 yards that's a 400 foot home run so that's pretty fucking long like it's just crazy to me yeah it doesn't add up i will say going back to your point about hitting off of a high higher level that takes like actual practice from my personal standpoint, like the first times we would go and practice at a good old family fun center, uh, a little two level range south of Denver here. But we, I, I was like scared to hit off the top level. I'm already scared of heights, so heights are not my thing. But like it does take some like actual time and, and practice to be able to hit shots off of a second level and feel like you're not going to fall over. So I'm with Missy on that one. And I remember at Coors Field, we were on the rooftop hitting a shot and that shit was fucking i was like actually like shaking in my boots a little bit to hit that one and drop it down yeah <laughs> and drop it down drop it low. um i will say the worst worst situation i've had with that is the first tee at sanctuary um the back tee is and that's legit like scary that's not there's nothing if you fall forward there's nothing to catch you like you're tumbling 300 feet down a, a rock, rocky fucking hill and maybe bouncing your head off the cart path a few times in between. But, and I think there's definitely a different dynamic with swinging your driver versus swinging like a little baby wedge. Like I wasn't ripping any full shots. You're not swinging five iron, you know, I would probably feel a little bit differently, but I was hitting like little chip nine irons and pitching wedges. So I really didn't feel like uncomfortable, but when I was hitting driver off number one at sanctuary, I remember thinking like, I actually got dizzy, like looking down at the fairway. I think it's like a 300 foot drop. It's fucking bananas. So I do get it to a certain extent, but uh, yeah, I would agree. That's something you kind of got to practice a little bit in order to, you know, feel comfortable with it, but they were definitely like, 
not short on the golf douchebags that were like warming up and they had like a chipping and putting mat and these dudes. And I almost like am jealous in a way because I was like that when I was like 15 where I was just so excited to like go play golf. And I'm like, now I just look at him. I'm like, you a fucking child? Like you that excited to play golf? Like you don't have anything. You don't, do you not drink and gamble? Like what do you, is this what you do for fun? So it, it's just kind of a, I'm past that point in my life where it's, and I know Serbo's listening to this. He'll be able to relate because when we were younger, we always tried to get him out on the golf course. And he, uh, he was always like, no, fuck that. Like, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be, you know, the weather. And I, I guess the older I get, the more I get it because unless you're really looking forward to going and playing golf, um, it's not that much fun. Like you, you're like, what, what's the point in going out and, shooting 76 and fucking being angry with yourself or when I can just, yeah, 90 ish. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it just depends on, depends on what you're hoping for. But, uh, there's definitely like a mindset that you got to be in to go out and be like stoked to play golf for me at this point where I get it. I get the itch once every like two, three weeks. That's about how often I think. And that's the other thing we'll get into the Costco thing, but, Buying a membership, I think, would definitely encourage me to uh, play more golf. So we'll see if that's coming down the pipeline at some point. You know, if it's in Denver, if it's here, if it's here's another thing I learned, Spencer. Did you know they do like out of state memberships and they're really? generally like cheaper? So I could maybe see if I could get something like that at uh, your spot down at Inverness. Yeah. Were we talking about? thousand greens were you playing golf with me when we were talking about that with people well we were talking to lou stagner about it oh yeah 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 okay that's what it was yeah Yeah, so you that sounds like the coolest thing ever but you just got to get in somewhere once i'm in like flynn at inverness then it's fucking i'm still on the wait list but i actually got excited the other day because i got an email from like their email list that was like saying something about their their holiday dinner and i was like oh fuck did i make it in and then I hadn't, so I wasn't as excited. <laughs> oh shit! Well, dude, it will be a, it will be a lot of fun when you're a uh, when you're a member at a country club. You will you will you will fully um, complete your arc as a, as a dad, just a golf douchebag dad uh, who's he thinks his son is better than he is at golf and all that. So I think he's that'll be you. Everyone. My son's better than everyone. I would actually, me being the biased uncle, I would probably agree. Like, I'm not going to shit on you for that because I think Sawyer's shit doesn't stink other than his literal shit, which definitely stinks. I was going to say, it, it does, dude. We've graduated to a full-on fucking porta potty with that kid. That's, <laughs> it's, it's fucking... And I already have a weak stomach, dude. I'll be there at like four in the morning. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's dark. I can't see. I just fucking catch a whiff and i'm out it's fucking you fucking over. crack the window right above his changing table and just fucking yuck it right out the window yeah i've been close to doing that multiple times 100%. no i mean i've i i can confirm i've changed one one of his poopy diapers and it is uh that is the only diaper i've ever changed in my life so i it was a new experience i can say i've done it but i can't say i enjoyed it because <laughs> no. like when you blow shit up your own back, that's when you know it's coming out with like some sort of velocity. And then you just look at Sawyer's face and he's just like cracking up and like so happy. And you just can't hate him for it. Like, 
He's like a little sour patch kid at this point. He pisses you off, but then you look at him and you just can't be angry at him. I'm sure you've dealt with him enough to where you can get angry at him, but me being like the fun uncle and only holding him for so long, I just, that's how I feel about him. Yeah, he, he does get pretty volatile in your own words, but overall, he's he's been pretty good. He's yeah, the one sick. time I babysat him, Spencer goes, how's Sawyer doing? I'm like, he's a little volatile. <laughs> and Spencer loved that. I mean, it's greatest, greatest term for a child ever, because that's exactly every day. My life is just one big ball of volatile right now. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the uh, Worldwide Technology Championship. But before we do that, we want to tell you guys about our friends over at Burrito Express. When we go down to Tempe, uh, we go down to Phoenix a lot. We're going to, we actually have a kind of a deal in place. I don't know how much I could talk about it, but with like uh, Putt World, I probably fucked the name up to be honest, but there's like a huge putting, uh, like putting center essentially that's like a bar down in the Phoenix area that we're going to do a watch party at and be able to like play some games and stuff. So, we're going to go down to the Phoenix area and, you know, you talked about getting excited for golf, like where we are in two, you know, snowy states in the winter, that'll get me up. Like that'll get my stinger up is going down to Arizona and playing golf. And every time we go down to Arizona and play golf, we stop by our favorite burrito place at Burrito Express, the Tempe location right by Arizona State, such a great spot to get burritos. Steak and steak and egg is my favorite burrito, especially for breakfast. And, uh, they have potatoes in it. We take the cheese out. I'm not a big cheese guy, but steak and egg breakfast burrito with potatoes is by far the best. Uh, and I also want to tell you guys about our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. Uh, I've got us a bottle of fresh Breck Distillery bourbon for when you get here. Um, those in the Lemoncello Dandies will be plenty um, once you arrive back in the back in the state. The bar is stocked, but Breck Distillery is by far the best, best bourbon. It's the only bourbon that I drink. Um, I got a little uh, smoking kit as a bachelor party wedding gift from my friend Sam uh, so we can like put the little piece of wood on top of the, the jar or on top of the the uh, the fucking the cup. glass. The glass, yeah, the glass. I just thought like in my mind I had a, like a, a fucking setback in my mind because my aunt, our aunt is one of the sweetest ladies ever, but she buys us this, all this like Hallmark shit. And she bought me a, a fucking whiskey glass that says Daddy's Sippy Cup. And I just fucking hate Daddy. I I hate when anyone calls me that. My fuck, our mom does it every time to my kid. And I'm like, no, just like drop the DY. Like just dad is fine. Like I don't need this. But yeah, I just can't like drink out of daddy's sippy cup like i just not my thing that that shit went right back into the cabinet and it's gone i but think shout out i think to if you get older the- you'll enjoy it i think you'll you'll by the time you're 50 you'll be like yeah daddy sippy cup daddy <laughs> daddy needs some of that devil's that fucking brown water <laughs> daddy needs some breck distillery bourbon the best bourbon in the world the highest distillery in the world um, and if you're in the Colorado area and you make it up to Breckenridge, they've got a great spot up there. So make sure to check it out. You can get it in all 50 states. Even though it is a Colorado-made product, you can get Breck Distillery all 50 states, www.breckenridgedistillery.com, and check it out. I mean, it's the best bourbon in the world. I I will confidently say that. I some you know We do some reads and things where we, we don't have a lot of personal experience, but I can tell you there's about five things in the world I got a lot of personal experience with, and, and whiskey and drinking is one of them. So uh, check out Breck Distillery as the best bourbon in the world. 
getting to the Worldwide Technology Championship. Super prestige awesome. worldwide. <laughs> prestige worldwide, worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> Um, no, the Worldwide Technology Championship down in Los Cabos, great event, uh, kind of a throwback event. You're like, you look at the leaderboard on Sunday, you're like, Camilo Villegas? Matt Kuchar? What the fuck is going on here? Do you um, really say Camilo Villegas? Yeah. I Villegas? feel like we need Marissa. Marissa, will you, are you set up on a mic over there? Can you dial in? I am. Um, how would <laughs> dial you- in. Phone in. <laughs> Fucking phone in. Um, if you have a last name V I L L E G A S, how would you pronounce that? Oh God! You Say don't know again. Spanish? No. Are you fucking? Are you? Am uh, I profiling you here? <laughs> You're totally profiling me. I don't know. I thought you would. I at least know that Spencer and I only took German in high school, so we don't know Spanish for fuck. Um, so I figured you'd have a better shot than us. Here's the best uh, thing: my Spanish teacher said I'm dyslexic dyslexic in my native language <laughs> okay i don't know okay. any spanish okay so that Viegas. doesn't help us Viegas. can you can you at least tell me what los, Ca- los cabos means what does los mean the the, the cabos <laughs> what what does cabos mean uh, let me see wow this is getting completely off the rails like i'm just curious because you called ropes. it lo- what is it ropes the ropes that, that's kind of that's that kind of cool that's way cooler yeah. than saying going to cabo i'm just, i'm gonna say i'm going to the fucking ropes i'm going to the ropes that it kind of sounds a little sketchy at the same time though like you know in boxing when you're on the ropes it's not a good thing like oh i was thinking a rope like a like a rope whoa uh, that's <laughs> that, that's the only that's like the rope i thought of i probably shouldn't have said that but yeah i mean uh, we may have we to clip that but yeah, i know that uh that I it's know that the car oh, I know that live. the cartel <laughs> the cartel has done that to some tourists down there. So okay. that's maybe <laughs> we're, All right. we're going off the off the ropes back <laughs> on the rails. Um yeah, let's get on the rails here. Eric Van Ruyen, South African. He has a great rope on his face for a fucking mustache, I'll tell you that. I was gonna I say he's probably just got a big rope somewhere else too, but that's <laughs> you know, besides, let's keep going. <laughs> he's uh so he was plus six sixteen hundred to win the tournament with two holes left. There was a little like profile of he had a two. He was down two shots with or three holes left. Excuse me to Matt Kuchar. Ended up shooting twenty eight on the last nine holes of the tournament and a final round sixty three uh, to win by two. And he eagled the last hole. And it was a super emotional win for him because. He's got uh, so his roommate and like basically best friend from college. He was coming from South Africa. He went to the University of Minnesota Gof- Golden Gophers, um, and his roommate uh, John Trazamar was like the, his host family basically. Uh, and they were with him. They met him at the airport when he flew in uh, to attend Minnesota. He was a roommate of his for three of the four years of college, and unfortunately, um, he is. He's only got like six to 10 weeks to live. Um, he's got cancer. So that's an unfortunate thing. But Eric Van Ruyen got interviewed after the event um, and was pretty emotional. And it's it's kind of cool to see. So we're going to play that. Um, and just and when you take out, you know, like he says in here, it's, it is a, it's a silly game playing for a silly trophy. But uh, there's more to this win than just the 72 holds of golf from Eric Van Ruyen. Let's, let's play that interview. 
Were you able to be so calm when the stakes were the highest? Sorry. Um, I was calm because uh, there's bigger stuff in life than golf. Um, if you look at my ball, we've got, you know, there's a little music note. It's a little faded now, but there's a little music notes on there and, and initials JT, and it's for John Trasmar, our best friend. Who's got melanoma and he's not going to make it. Um, and every shot out there today was for him. And when you're playing for something bigger than winning some silly trophy, you know, uh, it, it puts things in perspective. And at the end of the day, whether I won here or whether I lost here, it really did not matter. Um, so, yeah, you know, when something motivates you like that, whether you make a podiumist, who cares? You two guys were college teammates. You mentioned John was one of your teammates at Minnesota. How did you channel that emotion and not let it drag you down and have this beautiful result? It dragged me down. Um, you know, after Friday's round, I shot, I think, I sh what did we shoot Friday? Eight under? Four eights. Eight under on Friday. Um, and I get to my hotel room and I just break down in tears, you know? So it wasn't that calm all the time, but. When I step onto the golf course, I've got a freaking job to do. Um, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, do your job. And um, now we can celebrate and cry and um, do whatever you want. But until that last putt drops, you know, it's, it's, it's focus and it's do it for Trazzy. If John's watching right now, is there anything you want to say to him and his family and your golden gopher family? Just uh, we love him so much. And uh, I'm still sort of in disbelief what he's going through and I wish I could take all his pain away but um, we're flying up to Minnesota tomorrow to go to go and see him on, on Tuesday morning um, I'll give him a high five then guys congratulations thank you cheers so super emotional from Eric Van Rien but awesome to see him take home a dub uh, especially when he's dealing with that on his mind you know like your best friend's not in a good place and you know it and then you have to go out and play a golf tournament but he ends up winning which you know nothing can make that feel better but that'll help a little bit on, on a lighter note let's talk a little bit about his mustache and his just the absolute beauty that he's got on his upper lip before he won this golf event so what are some of your favorite terms for mustaches i've got a few here um that i've heard but i need to know if you've got anything anything different, anything exciting that you've ever heard. You, uh, as you can see, if you guys are watching on the YouTube, Mitchell shaved a mustache. I considered doing it for this pod, but I look like a 12 year old. I, I look like my, my four month old kid when I shave my lower chin. So that will never happen again. I'll have to lose my hair for that to happen again. But, uh, Mitchell went to the full mustache, but he kind of butchered literally and figuratively one of the sides and it's a little shorter, uh, than the other, but I, don't I, know, I fixed it up? since I've I fixed it since then. Um, that was on my way to the gym yesterday. I looked at the rearview mirror and I was like, "Holy shit, my face looks more lopsided than it usually does." Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I had one line like right outside of my cheek, and then the other or right outside of my 
the edge of my mouth. And then the other one was like down here about to connect. I was like, good God, I look like a fucking hillbilly. And uh, trimming my mustache is just always an adventure. There's not an exact science um, that maybe if I was super rich, I would just pay somebody to just handle, like give me a weekly haircut and uh, just trim my beard whenever I want it. Like just on, on hand. Uh, Cause I fuck it up all the time. Sometimes I do it after I've been drinking, which is even worse. Um, but for creative, I mean, there's plenty of, names that you know i don't know if we want to say on the pod or not uh like we really have fucking boundaries here uh i the fla- a flavor saver is a good one because i i have been known to get a crumb or two in my mustache slash beard and uh i just eat like an animal like i'm like a feral hog basically so food just flies all over my face and uh hopefully i catch some of it in my mustache um a caterpillar on your lip, I guess, uh, is another one. Like, let's let's hear what you got, because I'm not that for for a lot of things I'm creative with. A mustache is not one of them. Well, yeah. So my mustache is like it it I occasionally forget to trim it, and so it'll be longer than the rest of the hairs on my beard, which you really can't tell. But like, I can start like, getting it in my mouth, and that's never fun. Um, flavor saver is a good one. Pretty standard. Pretty. Uh, easy across the board lip foliage uh, is pretty is pretty comical um cookie duster was one that i read out loud and i like actually laughed out loud because there's nothing better than just clean fun and cookie duster is is a clean fun one Um, lip sweater lip sweater i like a lip sweater good lip sweater uh womb broom that's a good one (laughs) jesus Um, and also you know just a good old-fashioned seat or a saddle that's you know, that's the, I think that's the A1 nickname, but that's, you know, NSFW scenario, uh, scenario for a mustache. Free mustache rides. Any, any old dude that wears that t-shirt just blows me away. Like, <laughs> but it's one, it's like, you just have to respect it. It takes a lot of balls. Yeah. And take, and I love that, like a guy that looks like Aaron Van Ruyen just won like millions of dollars, won a trophy. Um, and just rocking, rocking the full on stash. I'm, I'm proud of him. Um, great win for him and his family and his, his friend, you know, to, for his friend to see him win again. And then he's going up to visit him. Awesome stuff. Uh, one crazy stat from this week that I didn't think was possible, but there was a seven shot swing on Saturday in two holes. And that was one of the most unbelievable things I think I had ever seen so uh, if you weren't watching or didn't hear about it on uh, 15 and 16 on Saturday afternoon, Camilo Villegas made Villegas made a, um, he made a birdie and an eagle back to back holes, and Matt Kuchar made a quad on the same hole. So he made up a seven shot difference in two holes, and I personally don't think I've ever seen anything like that in an, in a in a golf event. No, that's absolutely insane to even think that that's possible um if you're matt kuchar uh the the karma is probably coming back he's probably planning on paying his caddy like 100 bucks for the week probably hired somebody local down there to get on his bag he's gonna pay him you know a fucking handful of peanuts to to caddy for him so i feel like there's a little karma coming his way uh do you even get that reference spencer does that ring a bell no you don't remember when he won the uh, like the Puerto Rico Open and he hired a local caddy and paid him like five grand? No, I don't remember that. 
what this is like to i think it was during covid he uh they made an agreement before the week i think kuchar made like 1.2 million and he hired a local caddy and paid him five grand for the week damn and even though he won i mean that was the quote-unquote agreement they had before the week but he won the fucking golf tournament with dude on his bag didn't give him any didn't give him any extra so that's kuchar's like the sneaky like shooter mcgavin like like kicking dogs behind closed doors and shit like i don't want to make any accusations but he low-key seems like kind of a shitty dude um and especially if you like look at him without a hat he's got like one little tuft of hair in the front of his head and it just kind of gives it that like bad vibe of like just being a, a mean like white old rich guy so i don't know i'm not a huge like kuchar guy anywho uh yeah i was actually very happy for camilo vajegas i say vajegas you say viegas vajegas uh, that's probably it's probably correct you're probably correct. tomato tomato whatever but the funny thing was is i actually i think his odds before the week started were like plus fifty thousand to win the event which he obviously did not end up winning the event but uh even a top 10 i bet he was fucking plus two three thousand at least so I, I looked at his number and I was like, God, that's kind of interesting because he's just one of those older dudes that pops up, you know, a week or two out of every year kind of competes. And then you also wonder, like, how does he even have what exemption is he on? Like, he hasn't won shit the last decade and he's somehow still getting into PGA Tour events. Um, Didn't he get like but, I thought he got like top three a couple like a year and a half ago, because I remember he was one of my favorite golfers growing up. And then he obviously fell off the map and, and kind of revived his career in a few events. It may have been in Mexico like two, one or two years ago. I know he was in contention just much like this week um, and then was able to secure top three, which I don't know how long that takes you. Um, and I'm sure he, he's won some events, so I'm sure he's got some, some lifelong exemptions into certain events. Did, the one thing I want to talk about too about this event is Adam Long with a 31 year tour record broken he hit every single fairway in this in this tournament and 56 of 56 correct all, all i can think is how the fuck bad are you at irons and wedges and putting if you hit 56 fairways and you got t23 uh, what are you doing yeah, you got to be having an off ball striking week or a, a rough week on the greens. Can you pull up real quick? Because the only thing, look up his driving distance. Because if he's, you know, fucking dinking it out there 230, then sure, you can hit every fairway. But it really, I don't think Adam Wong's a short player, though. So that makes it even, you know, that much more surprising. I wonder if there's a quote on him from, or from him this week. Uh, you know about the state of his game otherwise because for him to every single fairway and like you said barely squeak out a top 25 and like a opposite field event a little rough yeah he said quote it's something i'll be able to say forever some sort of bragging rights or an interesting stat at a trivia night <laughs> um all right so i got a little let's let's play a little game here all right let's see if you can guess the so on the pga tour 2023 season who leads the tour in driving accuracy and what is their percentage i'll let you round to the nearest percent is it is it an obscure name or is it's it it's like a it's like a mid-level player it's like a top top 70 but not top 30 i, I would guess 
Oh God, dude, that's so. Um, Taylor Montgomery. No, it's Russell Henley. Oh, okay, Ru- okay, Russell yeah, Henley, I, and then he won. It, he he won the Wyndham this year, didn't he? I he won something. I've bet on him multiple times, and he just cucks me every time I bet on him. So. <laughs> He just Adam twenty twos you. Um, yeah, he's not a very uh, when you bet on him, he, he just doesn't seem to pull through. I remember he's he's another weird dude that's had like a fifteen year PGA Tour career, and he'll just come out of fucking nowhere and and look like a world beater all of a sudden. Like that's what he did. I think this year at Sedgefield out in North Carolina, he just fucking beat the shit out of everybody out of nowhere hasn't won in like five years. So, uh, but I, if we're guessing percentages, I bet he hits 69% of fairways. Pretty close. 71% of fairways. Okay. What last trivia question tour average for finding the fairway in the 2023 PGA tour season, 63%, 58.74%. Holy so that gives shit. you something to think about. If you're like, I never hit any fairways, which I am the exact same boat. I feel like I never hit any fairways. If I hit six uh, or on a 14, 14 uh, fairway golf course, that's basically hitting eight of them. Hitting eight of the 14 is is a tour average, which is crazy to think about. Okay. I, would, I, I don't really like want to toot my own horn because I feel like we should touch on it a little bit. Um, but I feel like I would be... Somewhere in the 65 to 70% range. Um, and it's simply because I just don't swing that hard. Like, and there is, I will say nowadays, it's easier to hit fairways on the PGA Tour than it's ever been uh, because the way architecture is going with uh, most places are just like, let's take out all these trees. Let's widen the fairways. Like they basically want to make it like a bomb fest. They want to make it easier for these dudes who hit it longer and, you know, are less accurate. Um, which, you know, that's kind of the direction golf's going in. So I can't really, you know, poo poo it by any means, but me being like a shorter and straighter hitter, I bet I would be, I think I could be like top 25 in like driving accuracy on the PGA tour. And I don't think that doesn't mean I'm a PGA tour player by any means, but I would say driving wise, I could be up there in accuracy, total driving. I would be in the shitter because I hit it shorter than probably 80 or 90, probably 90% of PJ tour players. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, how many you think you'd, you'd average about 55% or so? No, I think I'd be in like the 45 to 50% range. I think that's a fair assessment of my game. If they count other fairways, like if you blow on two fairways over, they, if they yes, give that, now, to you, that ups my percent at least about 10, hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd be at fifty-five. Um, let Let's get into the Kirkland. I want to I want to discuss this Kirkland uh, golf club action real quick. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, Kirkland Signature is releasing a driver uh, that is going to be conforming to the USGA. So you're going to be able to play it. Um, they said they're going to have it in stores fairly soon. They've got already. I I already looked down on people that play Kirkland Signature golf balls. I'm sorry. I just do the way if you play the wedges, you're just like all in. And that's what the weird thing to me about Costco in general. I feel like it's a cult. I feel like Costco is a cult where like if you go to Costco and anybody talks shit about Costco, you're like you like feel the need to defend it. And I'm sorry, but 
I am a 29 year old dude with one wife and one kid. I don't need like 42 sticks of butter every time I go to the store. Like I, I, I don't, you know, I get it. Like if you're buying toilet paper or paper towels or something that, you know, doesn't go bad or that you can use for a while. But overall, I don't get the, this culty love for Costco and Kirkland brand things in general. See, so I actually learned a little bit more. There's this dude on Twitter named like Trung Fam. Um, he's like soup. He's like an um, e- economist, I guess you'd call it. Like knows a lot about the economy. Where he's like big into like knowing about all these different franchises and all of this shit. So uh, I were I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, heard him talking about Costco, and it kind of changed my perspective on Costco a little bit because the dude who started it. Um, so it's based out of Washington, I think is where it started this Washington state up in the Northwest so that there's a Kirkland, Washington. That's why it's called Kirkland brand. Um, but they only have, they, they like the dude who started it only will mark up a product like 15% from cost. Like they virtually make no money on their products. Like they won't charge you any more than 15% more than what they pay for it. So their markup is crazy small. They only have like 4,500 SKUs in the entire store versus like uh, Walmart has like 50,000 SKUs. So they carry a super low amount of products. They, They carry good quality shit. And so what they do, real quick, another thing before I get to the golf clubs, they also, they sell like $10 billion a year just in clothes. Did you know that? Well, I know Kirkland signature hoodies are like a thing now. Like that's what like yeah. people wear is like a sweater. Well, it's even like more than so that. Just lame, like your basic cool. tees. Yeah, it's it's like God. It's day in the sun now. Like New Balance shoes back in the day, and now they're cool again and all that shit. But they do like ten billion a year um, in just clothes. So the cool thing about golf products and the other products that they make directly Kirkland brand, they use like the same. Um, manufacturers that say like Titleist uses. So the Kirkland actually like performs like a Titleist. They say it's literally like a Pro V1 with Kirkland brand on it. But when Kirkland decides to go and make a product, like say a driver or, um, you know, irons, wedges, this or that, they go to the manufacturer and they say, okay, well, we're going to give you our manufacturing because it's so you know, it's, it's like a gift to these manufacturers because Costco does fucking crazy numbers sales wise. So they know that if they make a good product and, you know, Costco signs with them and make to make a Kirkland brand uh, of anything that they're going to do crazy numbers on it. They're going to sell millions and millions of units, but Costco has a one like stipulation that you actually have to make like, say, say a driver, for instance, say they go to Titleist Manufacturing and they say, okay, we're going to make our, our Kirkland drivers out, like we're going to use you for our manufacturing. You have to make ours, our driver in one aspect better than Titleist. Like whether it's the weighting or the this or that, they actually do that with every single Kirkland product. They make sure their product is superior to the other products that that manufacturer is making which isn't that fucking insane 
Yeah, just the whole concept of it kind of blows like, my mind, to be honest. And do you know, do you know where Costco makes all their money? Hot dogs, the dollar fifty hot dogs that they sell. No, it's off their memberships, dude. And they that that is like that is because it's basically like a hundred percent margin. Like there's no cost, quote unquote, to buy a membership. Or, you know, there's no uh, working costs. There's no fucking what am I? What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, there's no cost up front for Costco to sell a, a membership. So basically, the only place they make their money is on uh memberships and they always like put their customer first so i thought basically i i guess jeff bezos when he started amazon he started amazon or not when he started amazon when he started prime he talked to this dude who started costco and basically modeled amazon prime directly after in line with costco's like membership style so pretty fucking smart because once you quote unquote buy a membership, if you have a Costco membership, you're going to go there more often, obviously, than Safeway, Walmart, ShopRite, you know, whatever your local brand is. So I just thought it was super interesting. And at the end of the day, like, I don't know what would, what is there to sh talk shit about with Costco? Like what, what is there to hate on? Yeah, I guess that's true. You kind of have talked me into the Costco way. So maybe I'm checking out the Kirkland Signature Driver, you know, other than... My PXG, I just absolutely destroy. So I'm not going yeah. away from it, but might have to hit it and check it out. I will say the irons look good, like the wedges, you know, other than if they were to make a little bit more like clean logo. And that's the shitty part is golfers are so vain about like how they look and even just like you by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> when they look in their bag, they want to see something that looks cool, no matter how it performs. Like you, if somebody made an ugly wedge that outperformed every other wedge on the market, if it, if they kept it ugly, I bet it would not sell anywhere near as good as Callaway, whatever, because they want a product that appeals to people. So it is kind of funny how it's just a, an ego thing. You're like, Oh, it, it doesn't look cool. I don't want it. But Overall, like I know that Kirkland brand stuff is going to perform right in competition with all the top golf brands. So I, I definitely think, and I, uh, my golf spy put out like a Twitter poll asking how much they think it's going to cost because we all know now that a brand new driver costs $550, $600. So if Kirkland's dropping a, a driver that's USGA conforming that performs, you know, pretty close to, uh, you know, your Callaway or Titleist driver and it costs say $250. I bet we're going to see millions of people playing these Kirkland drivers. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. All right. We are going to wrap up this pod with a little fairway or four. Uh, we have the votes are in from last week's or two weeks ago's fairway or four. Uh, mine was twilight golf is better than morning golf. And I got 53% fairway. So people agreed with me, but barely. And then uh, Mitchell's was 30 is an acceptable age to begin to go gray. Got also 53% fair or 53% for 47% fairway. So maybe the people think that you should be going grayer later. Fuck that. I'm going to go gray. <laughs> I, I can't. This is my body. My, my choice. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start this week's fairway or four. It's kind of going to be a little bit more of a family feud type of answer. Um, but I personally think 8 a.m. is the most acceptable time to like be awake, like expect someone to be awake or if you're doing something like leaf blowing uh, in your yard, like past 8 a.m. is like the most acceptable time 
not seven, not six, not nine, not 10. 8 a.m. is like that, that sweet spot of time where you can anticipate someone being awake. Yeah, I would say like for for noise purposes, you know, going on outside, like between, I feel like it varies a little bit when it gets lighter earlier and, you know, other outside agencies there. But I would overall say 8 a.m. is probably year, like all year long is a good time. So I was actually going to ask you, is that when you felt like you could get your leaf blower out and not be like that asshole neighbor? Yeah, I didn't wait. I waited till 830. I was originally thinking nine, but I was like eight o'clock is just like when I text someone or message someone for work at eight o'clock, I think that's like acceptable in my mind. Yeah. Well, and real quick, it's funny because you text me now at all hours of the fucking night. And on top of it with this two hour time change, like I'll text you back at like 730 in the morning here. And then I'm like, oh shit, it's 530, but you're awake anyways. You're a psychopath. So, uh, yeah, that time change still got me fucked up. I'm I'm out here watching avalanche games till one in the morning. It's, <laughs> it's a battle out here. Um, but yes, I would agree. Fairway on that. 8 a.m. What would you say is like acceptable to like mow your lawn? Like, I'd say 9 a.m. 9 Okay, but oh, I'm sorry. But what about like in the evening? How late oh. does that go? Oh, you can if in the summer, if you're doing that at 7 or 8 p.m., that's completely fine. Okay, that's fair. Um, so my fairway or four this week, it, I touched on it earlier about going to the gym, going to the sauna, going to the steam room. Um, is, is, is going in the steam room a workout? I Ooh. think going into the steam, if you sit in the steam room and sweat that shit out for like 30 minutes, which I think is like kind of the max on the allotted time you're supposed to be in there. So then you'll turn into a fucking SpongeBob and Sandy's like bowl fucking dehydrated just shriveled raisin but uh, i think it's part i think it's part of a workout but i like i feel a little like i always track my workouts on my my apple watch um but i like feel dirty if i like go into the sauna and i keep that shit rolling like i feel like i'm not like i'm still getting the effects on my body but i don't i don't think that it's like unless i'm actually like actively doing i'm i'm sometimes like push up guy in the sauna, um, which is another oh God, you're another the worst topic. But my sauna and my gym is always so full that like I'm always just like squeezing cheeks in next to two fucking dudes that are like <laughs> spread eagle. Um, but no, I feel like a little grimy if I continue my workout in this my workout points, if you will, in the sauna. But I, I think it's it's like a good recovery thing, but I don't think it's like a workout person. Okay, well, so let me phrase it differently. If your wife would ask you, would you say going to the, like, if you just went to the gym to go to the sauna, would you say I went to the gym? No, I'd say I went to the sauna. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'd be, that's. I, I think that's like a, you know, I agree. It's like part of the recovery, but it's not necessarily a workout, but I still think you're enriching yourself. You're, you're bettering yourself for it somehow. Like if you're stupid hungover and you just go to the gym to sit in the sauna and and like take a hot tub and then leave. I, I have no problem with saying like, yeah, I went to the gym. I'm, I'm not against doing that exact thing that you said, like, but I always like toss in like a 10 or 15 minute elliptical treadmill, something like that. Then I feel better about just the, the sauna hot tub scenario. But I, if I did just the sauna hot tub, I would not say I went to the gym. No. Okay. I'm for, okay. That, 
I'll, I'll be interested to see how people vote on that because I, I know there are some people that if you go to the gym, no matter what you do there, you went to the fucking gym. <laughs> that is a very Mitchell term. And on that term, we are going to end this week's episode of Big Drive Energy. Appreciate you all tuning in. If, you, if you're listening to this on a pla- whatever platform you're listening to it on, give us a rating. Um, give us a review if, if you're feeling so kind. Also, check us out on our YouTube uh, Big Drive Energy Golf on YouTube. We do these shows live every single week. Uh, you can see our faces. You can see our sick, my sick set. Mitchell's got a new mic that I shipped him. So we're we're moving up in the world here in the in this all city world. And Big Drive Energy is going to the moon. That is. I'm it gonna have I'm, I'm gonna have some flags up next week. Mitchell's gonna have some flags up next week. Actually, I'll be I'll be in studio next week. We'll be together no, yeah, next, next week. week. Show we'll be in studio together again. Until then. Enjoy this weekend of golf. Enjoy this weekend of football, basketball, hockey, whatever you enjoy. Um, Do it and enjoy the golf, especially the golf, because that's what we at Big Drive Energy here talk about. You know, we spent a lot of time today talking about golf, 100%. All right, that's it for us. Peace. Peace. 